Welcome. Bienvenido. And welcome in, travelers. You're listening to the Wonderlusting Wives podcast, where your podcast for escaping life's monotony, indulging in your wildest travel fantasies, and discovering the constant beauty of this ever-changing world. You may experience some turbulence along the way, so buckle up and keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the vehicle as we wander on to our next destination. On today's episode, Allie will be giving us the scoop on all things Sweden. Welcome to the Wonderlusting Wives podcast. We're your navigators, Allison and Regan. And today we have the very special opportunity to dive into the culture and history of Sweden. So we're hopping back to Europe for a little bit. But of course, before we do, we have our icebreaker. So if you had to choose to live in another country or city based on only the fashion, which country or city would you pick, Allie? Well, I'm not really fashionable considering I'm wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt while I'm recording this episode. (laughs) I initially would say Paris, but then I think I'm going to go with Italy instead. I think they're, not that Paris isn't like this, but I think Italy, they're very like sophisticated, but also can be somewhat casual. Not that I'm into designer clothes, but they seem to really like their designer brands and care about their appearance. And I just like the way that they dress. It looks like they care. Even if they didn't really try that hard, they look put together and like they know what they're talking about. So I would like to look that way, much different than what I'm currently wearing. So I aspire to dress like an Italian. I am Italian, but, you know, I don't live in Italy, so I don't need to look as sophisticated. Um, I think I would, I kind of out of left field here, pick Finland, oddly. Um, because Finland living up in the Nordic region, you get to kind of have like some sort of summery stuff, but then also you get to bundle up a lot. And there are some really cute bundle up type of uh, outfits that I would like to have in my own wardrobe for our own winters. So I think I would go with Finland. Well, yeah, that definitely is shocking to me. I mean, it kind of feels like we live in Finland, you know, but those Buffalo (laughs) winters, but yeah, but you wear like a, a rainbow fuzzy shawl outside and someone looks at you sideways in the United States, but in Finland, totally flies. All right, I guess we're going to have to see it for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. But I mean, speaking of Finland, kind of in that region, we are talking about Sweden today. And it just so happens that Allie is going to be our expert for today on Sweden. She spent some time in Sweden now, wow, four years ago, I think. Like time has just flown by. So we're going to get right into our conversation here. So Allie, what made you choose to go to Sweden? Yeah, so if you are new here and haven't heard some of our other episodes where I've been interviewed. Um, I have an education background. I have a bachelor's in early childhood education um, and a master's in TESOL, teaching English to speakers of other languages. I also had an international concentration um, in college, which which means that um, I took more diverse courses. Um, I was interested in potentially teaching abroad at some point. Um, And part of that Um, that interests me in going to Sweden was one of my professors goes every year um, during our March spring break and we get to experience different um, parts of their education system. So we saw 
preschools, we saw elementary schools, and even colleges. So it was a great opportunity to immerse ourselves um, in the Swedish education system because they do have one of the best um, in the world. Wow. That's pretty cool. I, I remember you talking about how exciting it was to experience something different. So when you were over there experiencing all of that, which places did you go to in Sweden? So we only had um, about six days because we spent our seventh day in um, Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, but we spent most of our time in Stockholm and then Krihanstan is how you pronounce the other place that we went to. Um, and that was magical. We actually like arrived at night by train and there was like a lot of fog. It was it was like stepping into a Harry Potter movie um, and it was just truly really magical. We stayed like in the city center um, and it was incredible. And it was also winter. I guess I didn't mention that yet. It was March when we went. Um, so it was freezing cold. I did not have my finished style. That sounds awesome. Like even just going to those two places like Stockholm, I mean, is a huge place to go. But um, even just exploring a little piece of a country can be so meaningful and carry so much for you for the rest of your life. So can you get a, give us like a little bit more of an overview of your experience? So you said you were there for about six days or so. So where did you stay when you were there? And what was your schedule like? What did you mm -hmm. do? Yeah, so like I just said, we stayed there for six days in Sweden and then spent our last day um, in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, but we switched between hostels and hotels. Um, and then most days we got up in the morning, nothing crazy, just probably about eight o'clock. Um, and then we're out by like 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then we were either visiting a school in the morning, we had free time, or we were going on a tour um, with our group. So it just depended on like if we went to a school in the morning, maybe we would have free time in the afternoon or we do a tour with our group um, or we do a tour with our group in the morning and then do um, a visit to a school in the afternoon. So it just depended on um, the, the availability of that school. Um, and I'll share more about the schools as we progress through this interview, but I don't want to give too much away yet. Gotta leave them wanting more. That's right. <laughs> it's also so funny to me that you say 8 o'clock a.m. is not too crazy. That's crazy for me. I'd be like, can we push it to 9? <laughs> but anyways, that's, that sounds really great. And I'm I'm just like imagining what the Airbnbs must be over there with the Swedish architecture and, and like home interior design styles. Oh, gotta go someday. But uh, so thank you for that. So Next, I'm kind of curious about like the Swedish culture, how it differs from the United States. So what were your observations of how it did differ from here? Let's just say after my time there, I was ready to move over to Sweden. It was amazing. Um, it was a very positive um, environment. You know, they might have issues that I was not aware of as a tourist, but everyone seemed really positive and happy that we interacted with. They were happy to see us, minus one, one um, group. They were kind of giving us some um, dirty looks because we're loud Americans. And if you've been to Europe, you know they're kind of more mild and kind of keeping themselves a bit more. So, but one thing that I really loved about them, well, a couple things is that, like I said, it was March, so it was very cold. Um, and they have a saying, there's no such thing as bad weather, just poor dress. So it was freezing out. It was snowing. I was practically ice skating at points on the sidewalks, um, but everyone was out there. 
babies were bundled up in their strollers. Old people were walking around, which made me kind of nervous because I did not feel like I had my balance very well at some points. But they were out there doing their thing, acting like it was nothing. Um, and then this is probably my favorite part is that parents are given 480 days of paternity leave. Okay, so if you're American, you know women get about six weeks, enough time to barely recover, and then the husbands or significant others maybe get a week, maybe, until they have to start taking days and not get paid and stuff like that. So um, 480 days for when they have a child, 240 of those days um, go to the mom or whoever, and then the other goes to the other parents. Um, so they each have time to spend with their child. And then if you're a single parent, you actually get all 480 days um, to yourself, which is incredible. And I was kind of shocked, honestly, when I saw dads out pushing strollers. I was like, where are their spouses? Usually you see the mom, you know, out about with the kids, the dads may be working. Um, that's pretty stereotypical of like American culture, but there were dads out there bundled up with their kids, playing, pushing strollers around, and they were definitely enjoying their paternity leave. Wow, that is like incredible. So it can be done? What? That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> and were there other stereotypes that were like debunked for you or corrected during your travels over there? Yeah, so um, I didn't really have a ton of stereotypes going in, but some are that everyone is blonde and has blue eyes because it's a Nordic country. So usually, you know, they have a large population of them are blonde, but there are brunettes and there are <laughs> people with black hair. Um, so that's not what everyone looks like. Um, they do eat Swedish meatballs, but not for every meal like you might think. <laughs> they do eat um, other things. And everyone is not Greta Thunberg. They're they are environmentally friendly as a country, but they're not all out there, you know, fighting for the environment um, like one might think because she is from Sweden. Gotcha. So speaking of food, I want to touch on that. What is the mm -hmm. best food that you had in Sweden? What is the food like? Okay, well, I know we're just talking about stereotypes and I said Swedish meatballs, but honestly, these Swedish meatballs were incredible. Like they just had mashed potatoes, this I don't even know what they made the gravy with, but I don't know if I can ever replicate that. It was so good. And I'm just dying to get back there just for the Swedish meatballs. <laughs> they do eat a lot of seafood. And if you know me personally, I am not into seafood. I like the frozen, fi frozen fish sticks, which are not even real. So that doesn't even count. <laughs> um, but Swedish meatballs were definitely... Um, one of my favorites and something else that they do in Sweden um, is a custom that they have called fika which translates to coffee and cake break and it is this Swedish ritual of slowing down of being present and taking a break out of your day so it's meant to do um, you're supposed to do fika with others so at your workplace or with your friends um, when we were at the college we had a fika um, so they rolled in like a cart of like tea and coffee and different um, desserts for us to enjoy. So that's something I really liked about the culture as well and the experience um, of their food culture because they actually value the time of slowing down and being present and they value taking a break. Here in America, it's hustle, hustle, hustle. 
You better be working overtime to get your stuff done. There's no time for breaks. You're lucky if you even get to step away from your computer for lunch. So I really liked that they valued fika and spending time with others and taking that break to enjoy a dessert or to enjoy coffee or tea with friends. Oh, where do I sign up for that? That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is true. Like I think about my work day and yeah, there are days when I just work on through, I don't even realize it and I suddenly haven't eaten lunch. So something like that is so valuable in a cultural society. Like I love that. So then moving on to your specific experience. So you told us you're an education major. I imagine this specific trip held a lot of weight for you. So what was it like to go to a place and learn about their different systems for education and learning? Yeah, it was amazing. So as I said before, I am, um, I do have an education degree. I am currently a teacher here in the U.S. So I'm okay enough with the system that I do still teach. I went to a public school, but I'll just preface what I'm going to say by we have a lot to learn. We are not as amazing as you may think, um, and we have a lot to learn from other countries, such as Sweden. So um, we did visit a couple of different schools. Um, We visited an international English school, Um, and interestingly, interestingly enough, we had to take off our shoes to go into the school. So it was winter time, which kind of makes sense. You know, you're gonna track in snow and sand and salt or whatever. Um, So you usually have shoes that you wear inside the building and you take off your um, boots. But we, being tourists, pretty much only packed our boots because we don't have a lot of space in our suitcase. Um, So we just had to walk around in our socks, which was kind of funny. That's what you had to do. Um, And while we were there, we observed three different classrooms. And since it was an international English school, the students were taught in English. Um, And they did have some American teachers, others were not. Um, It wasn't a requirement to be an American. Um, You just had to speak English. And we saw a different, couple of different grade levels, different subjects, and the students were able to play like an active role in their education. I mean, we only got a small glimpse Um, of their day, but it didn't seem like they were being hammered with memorizing things and having the pressure of tests. Of course, you know, they do have tests there still. They don't um, just disregard testing, but it was great to see that the students were playing an active role in their own education in elementary. Um, And even another place we went to was a preschool and their mission statement is incredible. Says the preschool of diversity sees the child as a rich person we must show great respect for. Our role as educators is to be be co-discoverers and guide the child in his work to reach knowledge and insights. We believe in the child and want to develop his strengths and abilities. So that was very impactful to know that that was a mission statement for a preschool. Kids here in America aren't necessarily respected um, as much as they should be because, you know, they don't know things, but actually we have a lot to learn from kids because they are very insightful, they're inquisitive, and we can learn a lot from them and their um, young minds. And then we also um, visited a college and it was mostly adults actually, which was interesting because Um, Usually you go to college, 17, 18, um, 
when you're done with high school. But a lot of these um, students were actually adults who had families and were married. So they had started um, college later in life. That's not the case for everyone, but for this specific college. So we saw kids as young as preschool, and then we saw um, adults who were married and more established in their life. Well, thank you for coming to Allie's TED Talk. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, go off, girl. Keep going. (laughs) I could keep going, but... (laughs) No, that is amazing. And honestly, it is. It's a cultural aspect of valuing the education and of creating equity amongst all ages of people. That's Mm -hmm. that's really cool. And that, that changes the role of an educator to be something much more meaningful even, which... I think the role of an educator is incredible anyways, but you know, it that's wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And educators are actually like valued over there. They're not just like, Oh, you're underpaid and do this, do that. Um, like we so often see here in the U S so wow. it's, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> that's very refreshing. So Outside of all of your kind of study work and learning experiences, can you tell us a bit more about your favorite memories from your trip? Yeah, so if you've been to um, any of the Nordic countries, you probably know that they tend to be a bit more expensive. Um, So one thing that we did, um, myself and two other of my friends in the group, uh, we enjoyed going to the grocery store and just getting different foods to try I know it's going to sound crazy if you know me. I'm not really big on trying new foods, but when in Rome, well, when in Sweden in this case, <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to just step out your outside of your comfort zone. So we in- enjoyed exploring the grocery stores and finding like unique sweets to try. And one of my favorites was Mum Mums. And they are chocolate swirl mounds with like a marshmallow kind of filling. Oh, I'm getting hungry just thinking about them. <laughs> Me too. I think, I think it might be worth the trip back just for those. They were so amazing. We also visited um, City Hall in Stockholm, and that is where the Nobel Peace Prize dinner is held. So we got to see um, where Nobel Peace Prize winners have sat um, for many, many years. So that was absolutely incredible and kind of surreal to think like, these people in history that we've learned about that have won the Nobel Peace Prize that have impacted this world have stood in this same room and I'm here as practically a nobody compared to them. So that was a really uh, humbling experience. And then the Vasa Museum. Um, you, If you know anything about Sweden, you've probably heard about the Vasa Museum. It is home to the only almost fully um, 17th century ship um, that has ever been salvaged. And it sank on its maiden voyage in 1628, unfortunately. Um, but it was very cool. It was massive. It was unreal. Um, so if you get a chance to go to see that, it I would say it's definitely worth it. There's a lot of um, information to learn. You get to see the ship up close, um, which is pretty incredible to see what they were able to build in the 17th century. Um, and then, like I said, we visited a preschool. And the children there were learning English. Um, but they were still very young, so Sweden was their first language, and that's what they were fluent in. But we had the chance to listen to them show off their English skills, but we also were able to dance with them, which was so cool because 
they weren't really able to understand us and we couldn't really understand them. But as we were dancing together to their songs, it was a way for us to all connect because we all know how to move our bodies to the rhythm and the beat of the music. So it was a way for us to connect um, with them and for them to connect with us. So what were some of your favorite places that you visited? And I I also know that like over there, the countries are all so close together and getting Mm -hmm. to another country is cheap. It's easy. So did you go to any other countries during your visit as well? Yeah. So um, like I said before, we spent a lot of time um, in Stockholm. So a lot of my favorite memories and places that we visited were in Stockholm. Um, And it is also very walkable and scenic no matter the time of year, even in winter, it was beautiful. Um, You can take different like ferries to get to the different islands. Um, So it's easy to navigate. Um, Any ABBA fans out there, there is an ABBA museum. Um, We didn't have time to go into the the, look in the museum, but we did just check out the gift shop. Um, I would like to go back and see that because it looked really cool. Um, And then, like Regan said, the countries are so close to each other. So we did um, go to Copenhagen, Denmark for a day because we were flying out of there. Um, And in Copenhagen, we went to see the Little Mermaid statue. Um, We went to Nyhaven, which if you've seen a picture of Copenhagen, you know what I'm talking about. It's that like canal um, with the boats and then the really colorful buildings in the background. Um, And funny enough, despite that being like my 21st country, I still got emotional because it's something I'd wanted to see, wanted to see for so long. Um, And it was nice to see that I still have that passion for exploring new places and I can still appreciate um, going to another country, even though that was my 21st country, I could still appreciate um, that experience. And then I ate waffles covered in chocolate and sprinkles, and it was on a stick. That was unique. It's not as good as it sounds, so I'm not going to market that, but <laughs> um, it still was good because, you know, when else can I get a waffle on a stick with chocolate and sprinkles? <laughs> um, and then we climbed to the top of Round Tower which is actually the oldest observatory in Europe. So we got to see a view um, of Copenhagen there. So that was really cool. Wow, you had a really, really good, good cop, bad cop moment there where you (laughs) lifted me up with the ABBA Museum and then knocked me down by telling me the waffle wasn't that good. What are you doing, Allie? (laughs) I'm sorry. We had cruelty. (laughs) We had to walk kind of far for the waffle and it was not really worth it. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you. Yeah. (laughs) So don't be fooled by like Instagram pictures because it's maybe not always cracked up to (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That is true. Instagram versus reality is a very real thing. Yes. So it sounds like your trip was amazing, but what do you wish you had known before making your trip? Yeah, so um, going with the university, my professor did have some meetings with us before we left to prepare us, so I felt mostly prepared. But one thing I did wish um, that I'd known before was to pack better boots. Because, you know, L.L. Bean boots, they're like the thing over in the U.S., like the boots to have. But I didn't really think they were the best for um, walking around Sweden because we did walk most of the time. There are, um, you know, public transportation and stuff, but things are close together, so it's easy to walk. Um, But the streets are going to be icy and snowy if you are going in the winter, so be prepared for that. Pack um, boots that have a lot of traction on them. And then also just know that things are not going to be closed if it's snowing. Like I said, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad dress. So don't just sit in your hotel and be like, oh, it's snowing. I'm going to be cold. 
put on a sweater or three if you have to in your winter coat and then just go out there and enjoy your time because the world's going to keep spinning around you and you can't just sit there and wish, oh, I wish it would stop snowing. Um, so I wish I did pack a little bit more um, of winter clothes just because, you know, I wasn't prepared for how cold it was going to be. And it's a bit windy at times. So a scarf would definitely be um, helpful. And then I didn't realize this was my first Nordic country that I'd been to. Um, so I didn't realize how pricey it was going to be. Um, at times I felt like, oh no, I can't enjoy that meal like I would hope to because I have to spend like $30 on a hamburger or something. That was not really how much I spent, but it felt like that. It was like, this is just unrealistic. Um, so I recommend just going to the grocery store. A couple of us had bought containers at the grocery store and then just took um, lunch meat because they have lunch meat for breakfast, um, lunch meat from the breakfast, and then just pack some snacks um, so we could save money and spend things on more important things than a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you'd have some people contest that there are things more important than a hamburger, but yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to recommend a trip to Sweden for our listeners? Um, I'm going to have to go with a nine. Okay. So I know it's probably crazy because I just spoke so highly of it. Nine is still a good um, score, but like I said, I did go in the winter. Um, it was very cold, and as an American, you know, we're, we complain a lot, so I was very cold and wish that it wasn't so cold, but I was thankful for the time that I had there, um, and it is expensive, like I've said a couple times here, so it would be nice to, you know, visit a country that's maybe not as expensive or be more prepared to spend um, more money there, and I would like to go back in the summer. I know that's when there's more tourists, but I would like to see it without snow and ice everywhere. Um, so I'm going to give it a nine, but I think it has the potential to be a 10. All right. I guess that can be high praise though. Cause I would say the same thing about like Rochester, New York, for example, like, yeah, yeah but we still love it. So Ellie, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? That's all I have. Just know that there's more to the, this world than the United States and we have a lot of growing to do. So Go out there and explore and see it for yourself. Thanks for tuning in to the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. Come escape with us again every other Tuesday. Give us a subscribe and a follow on all of our social media and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until we chat next time, wander on.